Hi, and welcome to the 103rd episode of Keen Minds. We cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 19, Kazanjan Brothers. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saeko. And I am Tessa. What a fantastic episode. You know, it, it takes a lot to be able to take an episode that was never meant to be the season finale, that it was supposed to be three three episodes? Yeah, mm-hmm. three episodes out from the finale, which is where they tend to gear up for things and start mm-hmm. setting the, the board for all those threads to come back together. Mm-hmm. But to be able to take that episode and make it the season finale when they weren't even able to shoot the whole thing live. Major props. I heard they did very... In the grand scheme of things, very little rewriting. So major props to Kelly Johnson and Sam Christopher, who wrote the episode. To the Johns, who are always the, I mean, the showrunners help pull it all together. The production team, the actors, the team over in London that did the animation. You guys are off the charts. They didn't have to do it. They could have just gone, you know, we've got season eight. We're going to shoot, you know, we're just going to leave it off with the last episode that aired and go, oh, COVID, sorry, guys. Mm -hmm. But they went over and beyond to give us a season finale for seven. And I hats off to you guys. It's thank you. Yeah, I I appreciate it. I thought it was great. A lot of people wanted animations such as um, like you see in in movies. This was not a movie. This was an animated cartoon. This yeah, was, was a graphic was novel. Exactly. It was a, a comic, a graphic novel animated. It was exactly what was needed. Um, and it, it went so well with the people who have read the comics. It it was exactly that. And it I mean the I've said it before, the 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 aesthetics of the blacklist is very much a cartoon between the the funny names of the of the blacklisters, the dark interiors, clean close-ups, the fact that they teletransport, um, and this was so much fun to actually see the people thinking, the the bubble, the speech bubbles. I, I love it. I well, I I think it was a really interesting way to do it for all the reasons you just said, and on top of it, I mean that animation style. From from what I was hearing and from what uh, was passed along to me, you know, just on Tumblr, just other people that have had time to read the articles, uh, John Eisendras brother-in-law actually owns the animation studio that they used. And so there was a connection there, which is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it worked out, but there was something really nice that flowed well with the comic book style. I... The expressions in this type of animation tend to be lacking just because of the style. Mm -hmm. But being able to show the comic book strips, I've seen people say, oh, they hated that. It looked really dumb. They didn't understand it. I thought it really added to it because there are moments that when if Megan had been standing there, you could see it play out in her expression and her face. Mm -hmm. It's that particular animation style is a whole lot harder to do. It's just not geared that way. And so to be able to have those those strips like you would in comics that says, you know, her intuition's gnawing at her. I loved that because mm-hmm. it gave you a clear shot when you when the actor would have been able to portray it, but the animation might not quite get you there. Yeah. And this is also an audience that is 
they don't know if they tend to watch this type of animation. Yeah. And so they may not know to look for little things like that. It was mm-hmm. just, I think it was really well done and really well edited together. Yeah. And I and love the transitions. It's, I, I was just going to say, it. perfect. Because we've had that as the intro for seven years now. Where with the, the pixelating and the switching and it was just perfect. And with all the choices, with all the the issues going on here, it just worked out so well. Yeah, I loved it. I I, ha- I thought it was a terrific episode. I thought it was it was really a a, a, a very um, respectful thing to do to your audience to give them an ending instead of just up. Oh, that's how we that's how it ends. Um, it, it's um, which it, j- just to be clear for shows that did do that. And I'm sure there were plenty of them that did. That's not necessarily their fault. I mean, this this it's was a very trying times. Yeah, these these were trying times. But this team went over and beyond yeah. in such a way that it, it deserves the kudos for that. Plus, it's, it's a very different thing when you're seeing a show that is principally about the relationships. Such as, let's say, New Amsterdam. And they don't finish filming the season. It's fine. I mean, it's... You don't need to have you don't need to have a, 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 a an ending that leaves you, oh my God, what's going to happen? Um, you you continue to watch because you know that the relationship are going something. But in a in a mystery, it's nice that they give you some answers and kind of close the season, because otherwise it would have, they're they're so much gearing towards the last few episodes that if they leave you there, it feels like you're not really going anywhere it would have been very unsatisfying so i think that for all that some people are very um critical uh, in a bad way about it i think it was it was a great option it was i i for one i'm very grateful that they did yeah and going into it i was really curious how if this would be one of those things that you know in today you know may 2020 that we would know this is why the animation happened and what would happen when people stream this on Netflix in 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. someone 10 years from now finds the blacklist on Netflix or whatever streaming service they, they find it on and go, wait a minute. Why did they randomly have animation here? That doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? And so I love that not only in the live episode, but also in, because I, I buy mine on Amazon prime to be able to mm-hmm. go back and do my rewatch and giving and such and they left in the introduction and the explanation by the actors and the sign out from the crew and it was just phenomenal to be able to get to see them and I know the the writers and the production group they they're always behind the scenes we don't typically see their faces mm-hmm. um I recognized one person two people from that yeah because I've, I've read interviews or because I look them up because I'm being yeah. impressed by the writing or I've been curious to see what else they've done. That's how I basically have seen their faces. Yeah. And so it was so nice to be able because of, I mean, and they always work hard. This is not saying they don't always work hard, but I, I feel like the effort was ratcheted up for this episode just because of the situation mm-hmm. and to be able to give them a live moment at the end of season seven, I thought that was just 
utterly amazing yeah. and it was great and it was a it was a nice tribute to um to Brian Dennehy to mm-hmm. um I was half expecting that they were going to kill the character but I have a feeling that they're just going to let him get up wake up and say something or leave something in writing or something for for Red or for Liz or whoever I have a feeling they will do mm-hmm. that um, I don't know because I mean obviously they can't I mean the far as we know they're not going to continue with the animation uh moving forward no but they can say but, hey you know he woke up and died and left you this yeah you know they don't need to show you that they can just um have um uh, the the narrative exactly and and that- it's amazing that they use all this footage and have, I don't know if you noticed but Red had a lot of scenes in which he was shown from the from the back because they were using previously shot um, episodes. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah. mean, I I noticed that there were a lot of episodes where we don't clearly see his face, but that that does make sense. Mm-hmm. That's why they were using previously mm-hmm. filmed um, just footage. The, cre- the creativity that went into this, yeah, was amazing. I just I I'm been floored by it since friday and (laughs) and considering people were were recording from from their homes it's unbelievable that they were doing this and and it was it was you could hear it i mean it may not have been the best sound on earth but hey you know what but honestly the circumstances i didn't notice anything like it didn't stand out to me that oh you could totally tell that was mixed at home it like whoever does the mixing for the sound, I, I'm sure it's a team. But but post production, guys, you were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really really good. Yeah, um, and I love that. And this episode, they worked it very well. That we could hear Liz thoughts at the end, because it's exactly what it made sense. Um. That way we don't think, oh, maybe Liz was uh, pretending to, it was her thought, she was alone, she was going up in yeah. the roof, she was not speaking, she was just thinking, and we were able to hear her thoughts because it's a cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, they could have done that with live action, but I, I know that, that I've read pieces where Eisendroth talked about that, you know, it was it was meant to be one, it, it was portrayed as one of those very dramatic moments like out of a Batman comic you know where you know on the roof with that defining Mm -hmm. moment and all of that and so I think that it might have come off they probably would have had to shot it differently live but when it's when it's an animation like that you can get away with a little more of a dramatic you know bigger than life like that helicopter I wanted a helicopter, and the helicopter was blowing the money all over. It was perfect. Oh, the the papers. It wasn't money. It was papers with information on it. And so, yeah. I thought it was money. Oh. No, those were all of his documents that he had. Um, I, it was really, really a great episode. Um, I I almost feel that they should do one episode a season in which they do animation. Mm, I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> um, it works for some. I, it's um, 
it's a you know, it's a very nostalgic thing because they grew up with you know Batman and Superman yeah. and comics. Well, so I'm, I'm a huge comic fan. I mean, I'm I'm a Marvel girl. I grew up on Batman. The Bat Family was was my jam as a kid. I mean, Barbara Gordon is still one of my heroes, <laughs> but. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought that for for the situation, it worked fantastically. I'm not sure. It, I mean, if we come into situations in which that's the way they have to do it, then yeah, okay, go for it. Find that creativity. Um, I do like seeing the actors, though. I yeah, mean, me too. Just one. Yeah, I don't know. It's 21 with actors, one with animation. But uh, yeah. Besides, if this COVID thing continues, that may be the way to do things. I, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. As a writer, I'm a little terrified about. I mean, I think LA just got locked down for another three months, and so I'm obviously staying in Texas for a lot longer than I expected. Uh, Has New York gotten any say so on how long they're? Um, they're opening up areas of the state. Uh, where we are, I mean, New York City and where we are, which is the, you know, greater metropolitan area, not really. We have a little bit more, res- less restrictions, like so many more people can work outside. Um, but not really, like, restaurants are not open and, um, and um, like, beauty salons are not open. And, you know, by now you're seeing a lot of baseball caps. Yeah. Lots of them. Men with uh, shaved heads and women that, with baseball caps. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have a habit of just chopping all of my hair off every few years. It's just something I do. And mine's gotten really long. I nearly pixie-cutted it a few months ago, and I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Long hair is very easy to maintain nowadays. Uh, what I have on, Lord knows how can it be described, not. Not so much. Uh, my husband said that under no circumstances he was taking a pair of scissors unless I sign all kind of things that I would hold him <laughs> not responsible for that and there would be no retributions. So we just left it at that. So with that said, uh, let's talk about the task force. Yeah. Um so, I mean, there, there were some great moments in there. I feel like we have to comment on Aram. Like, his his whole bit with Reddington over the phone, with Red saying... This can't be happening. Talk- yeah, that was great. This can't be happening. But when Cooper's talking to him, what on earth would possess you to tell him that? Uh, because I didn't, because I wanted to, uh, live. Desired to live? <laughs> and it just, it was so great, and it was such a nice... You know, it was funny, it added some levity to it, but it's also this nice reminder that Aram has has a really bizarre relationship with Reddington because he's very respectful of him. I think that he... I don't admires want to say... I, admires. Yes. Um, but he's also well aware, even when he has saved people that Red loves, like Liz, he's afraid for his life. I mean, just every time that he he ends up alone with Red, it really freaks him out. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, also, it's, it's also a reminder of how much he was desperate when he pulled that stunt of taking his money to take him to Samar and when he punched him. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it's funny how 
of probably of all the characters, Aram is the one that has him red pegged the best. I think that Aram knows, and to different degrees, the others know, but I Cooper is just done with the bullshit. <laughs> Excuse the language, but he is. Um, Wrestler, I think he's kind of found his status quo of being able to balance uh, his own personal beliefs with the fact that Reddington's not going anywhere and being able to to try to protect his partner from everything as much as he can and be there as a support and the, the island of calm. Park hasn't been there long enough to really get her bearings with everything. She's She's been the highlight of, you know, WTF, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> Of the new person coming in. But Aram really is the one that seems to have the most... And I don't say respect as in, like... Admiration. It's not... It's an intellectual admiration, not necessarily an admiration of the things he does. Um, But Aram said something to that degree at one point. That he may not like, you know, what he's doing, but the way he does it... Yeah. Requires something. Yeah, it was in uh, in the Art Tax Network when he said, "This is the kind of thing that Mr. Reddington will see in a heartbeat." Um, it's also that Ram went was the one who went to that cabin, not knowing who the person living in the cabin was, and saw Red when Red was so down and saying, "I'm not coming back. I don't. I don't have what I. I don't possess what it would take for me to go back." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is a different understanding of a more emotional. Plus, I think that Aram has lived something similar to what Red did in terms of having to let go of somebody who loved, not because they were dead, in which case, you know, die, you can't do much, uh, but because he wishes Samar to live. Yeah. And, and so in order to do so, the way to honor her is to let her go and red had to do very much the same thing so i think that that has something to to do with that um it was interesting to be to see a very different wrestler in regards to Liz. i saw the difference he it was interesting with him because i really felt like he was a bit like those those little bubbles that we got with the internal monologue but he was acting as that for the live action and which you know that that comment that he made to her about you know well you were you were caught in the middle but she was willing to save red's life does that sway you putting that out in something that just laying it all out there yeah I, I thought it was very interesting that he said that because a lot of people, a, a lot of fans, are not seeing what I'm seeing. Um, uh, and, and that comment was a very important part of what I was seeing. I found always, you know, that I talk about symbols and themes. And this time it started with a chess there is a, the guy has a chest door. There was a, a, a nice shot highlighted of chess. This is a chess match between Blonde Cat and Red. And that comment by Wrestler should should act as a, as it's highlighting that. Who is 
to gain by by helping Red? Why did Katerina, who we know was willing to bleed him to death, and when she got to the to Dom's house, said just kill him? Why was she suddenly helping Liz? Um, what was there? And I think that 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 comment by wrestler was that like. If you didn't pay attention to the chess match, you should pay attention to this. Because this is telling you something. Why did she do that? And the objective was to sway Liz. Oh, yeah. I Her manipulation game in this episode, a Blonde Cats, was off the charts. <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, this is a, this is a phenomenal uh, chess match. Um, this is... is there is there is so many things that don't make that I, I always say that the blacklist a lot, a lot of the times people complain oh the writers don't know what they're doing because you look at what things look to be for example uh blanca was saying well you know we we fake my death and she's making Liz believe that she's still she faked her death and she convinced somebody to pay Townsend to pay the bounty. And now she's saying, if I don't give them the Sikorsky archive, they're going to kill me. Wait a minute. Didn't you just fake your death in order to say that? And there was a bounty pay. So now they're in. You keep moving the goalpost. And supposedly she just found out about the Sikorsky archives. Yeah. While she was gone, that she did some digging, and she just happened to find. Yeah. Okay, honey. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you you. That's why I find that the comment of wrestler to be very important. You have to think of this. This has been a season seven has been a long chess match between Blonde Cat and Red. But from the this is a this is a rematch of of seven o seven o one and seven o two. This is she deciding that helping Liz save Red helps her get Liz on her side, which is the chess piece she needs in order to move the needle to get that archive, which is what she has always wanted. And I think that she's actually working with Townsend. It's the only way that that crooked mommy scheme that she's telling Liz, and Liz is so emotionally involved, she's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. So for most of the of the audience that have realized it doesn't make any sense. I I have some comments. I'll save them until we get directly into Blonde Cat. Mm -hmm. But I have some theories and some comments. And I have a bit to add to my spreadsheet. Oh my today. god! The spreadsheet <laughs> is back! <laughs> Yay! Okay, we're into something. Everyone now. thought it went away. No. Uh, nope. There's just more to be added in the not really cat <laughs> category. <laughs> uh, it's so funny because even the things that I'm like, okay, this could theoretically be put in the maybe category. Then something immediately after, like I'm sitting there I'm doing my rewatch and going, oh, well, that might, nope, nope, followed up by that, never mind. Yeah. Well, one interesting thing with that with uh, with uh, Cooper here was when he has that conversation with Red is like uh, uh, Agent King's mother is out of bounds, and he's like, I I know I'm, I'm not intending to kill her, but That's I don't want to kill this woman. <laughs> it's on my list. Yeah, 
No, but I mean, the, the exact statement that he used, uh, Cooper said, I'm serious, you can't touch her mother. Reddington answered, and I won't, you have my word. And this is in the same episode that Red made the comment, truth is the, the dish of the, what, what do you call it, the, the dish of the restaurant, uh, dish of the day. Yeah, is, well, uh, I, may, I may omit things or, yeah, or, but, or withheld information, but I've never lied to you. Exactly. And that that is what that was the core of it. And then for him to say, I give you my word to a man he respects. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of change in the smells like hubris, Mm -hmm. Reddington and Cooper from day one and current day end of season seven, Red and Cooper. There's a whole lot more respect there. At least from Red's side. Sometimes I think Cooper wants to smack him upside the face. But I do think there's a great deal of respect there, too. Well, like, listen, most families want to kill each other uh, from time Tom to said time. The same, I was going to say, Tom said the thing, at, said that exactly at uh, at Agnes's christening. Christen, christening. Uh, christening. Thank you. Yeah. That's You're the word. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> um, but he said, you know... Liz and I never had family before you guys, even if it's family that tries to kill each other from time to time. And <clears throat> that's that's very much the task force in Red. That's that's a perfect way to put it. But the fact that Red, who and I, I do not believe he's honest. I do think that he take that that he will omit. I mean, just like he said, he omits. Well, define honest. Is is yeah. honest they intend to deceive? I, I think the to honest- obscure the truth. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Yeah, and if I dishonesty they intend to to obscure the truth, then he's dishonest. Yeah, and so maybe that's it. Maybe just a different definition of honesty. Um, but the fact that he stated, "You have my word," yes, screams to me that she's that that's not her mother. That's not who rent this defines as her mother which is a different thing because remember what what um they've been saying about you know sam is is her father even though sam was not her by his biological her biological father you will always be her father you'll always be her father and she always and red always referred to sam as your father so I think that there is there is that thing about my the real father, the real parent is the parent who's there. I mean, otherwise it's just a womb. It's a it's, it's a sperm donor in a womb. It, it you know if if this mother is really this biological mother, which I think she is, but she never wanted it, wanted to abort her, and then either sent her away to an orphanage or whatever and and there was another woman who took her in and loved her dom's daughter i think that that is liz's mother the woman who wanted her the woman who took care of her um not not i'm not saying that a woman who gives up a child doesn't love her but there is there is giving up a child and giving up a child they're two yeah. different things you know there There's is doing it out of love and there's doing yeah, it out of I can't pre- I can't take care of somebody. Somebody will love this child. I'm gonna give this to this child. And then there is this this is a bother that I have. And okay, I couldn't abort it, so I'm going to just 
find a way to just store away or I don't care what happened to her. So two, two different things. And I think that that um, Blonde Cat was that. So I think that for Red, she's not her mother. The mother is a woman who took care of her. And definitely this Blonde Cat is not her. I think that's pretty obvious to me, at least. Yeah. Um. So, anything else with the task force? Anything about uh, Park? Anyone? No. Dembe. Dembe was great in this episode. I love animated Dembe. <laughs> uh, it's, there was such an interesting because Dembe has been painted as one of our few reliable narrators in this show. That he has a lot of information, mm-hmm. and we can trust his information. He's a good man. And a better, as Red said, a better man than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has been painted for a long time as a reliable narrator, even if he's not able to divulge all the information he has in his head. Mm. So when he said, when he told Red, you underestimated her, you underestimated Elizabeth, there was something in that line to me. And granted, we we had the whole scene at the end. I was convinced she was straight up playing Blonde Cat until Mm -hmm. that last monologue at the end. Um, And a lot of it was because of Dembe and that statement, you underestimate Elizabeth, she's on your side after all. I still think that there's potentially something to the first half of that. You underestimate her because I do think that Red has for a long time underestimated her because as you and I have talked about over the years, he has a tendency to maybe because he wasn't there for her childhood, you know, for her teenage years and her young adult life. He has a tendency to treat her and to almost view her as a child, even though he intellectually knows she's an adult somewhere deep mm-hmm. in his heart. He has trouble accepting that. And a lot of dads do. I mean, that's that's not an abnormal thing. I don't think it's, I would think, especially if they weren't there for a good chunk of their child's life. Biological or not, I'm not saying either way. He's still a father figure to her. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really interesting statement. I don't know quite what it means yet, but I definitely got a pin in that statement for Mm -hmm. season eight. Well, what what Red really did is underestimate Blancat. Because Liz did exactly what Red thought she was going to do. And then Blancat actually did what she was going to do, which is what she was going to do anyway, because that brought Liz to her side. And it was very interesting that um, there was somebody in Tumblr that made that connection with Tom in Redemption saying, I'm in the middle. Uh, Yeah, it was actually um, because I made the parallel set. But it was uh, Moonstruck Swans. Uh, we have a, a Tom Discord. She made the comment in there. I said, okay, making the set for you. But mm-hmm. it was a fantastic parallel that she found. And it's, you know, Tom in 107 of Redemption is talking to Scotty right after Scotty finds out that he's Christopher. He says, Howard's telling me one thing. You're telling me something else. And I just, I don't know. And, I mean, Ryan had such an excellent portrayal in that he had, I mean, weepy eyes going and it was a fantastic scene between them mm-hmm. and, then, and he chose the wrong parent uh, yeah and 
Well, I mean, it theoretically, shows they're, they're I, lying parent. I well, they're, they're more both lying, lying parents. I was gonna say they're both lying parents when it comes to Tom's parents. <laughs> and um, and Liz, I, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish that we could have seen Megan portray that, but I think they did as good as they could with that scene. Um, I noticed that a lot of the scenes that were animated were the ones that were close in. And so those were the shots that they couldn't quite get because they were too close. They mm-hmm. they talked about the actor, I think it was Amir, made the comment that between at, or between shoots they had gloves on. They were they were taking all the precautions with COVID. And so as I was watching through this, I started noting that a lot of those animated scenes were probably ones they couldn't shoot because they were in small cars or, you know, very close in with, with red in between, you know, in the backseat between these two women. I mean, that would, there's no social distancing there. (laughs) And so I, I understand they couldn't and that's not on them, but I do wish that we had been able to see Megan portray that with her own expressions. Cause I think she would have knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Well, uh, we got we got the voices, which yeah, is, we did. You know, we, that's something um, that we have. Um, I was one thing I gotta say about um, about Lila Robbins is she really is a phenomenal actress. That woman creeps me out. She gets that little smile going. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not tiny. really a, it's not really a nice smile. It's more of a, I have you in my trap and I know it come here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, and it's vicious and it's dangerous and it's, I, I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. very interesting because you imagine that she developed that after Belgrade. Because up to Belgrade, she was like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take these documents to Tom, you know, because Ilya asked her and there, that happens. And you can tell for from that, that that she became a much more twisted individual, uh, a much more dangerous individual. Well, it goes back to Red's statement in season two. And we've been going back to this a lot lately. When Red was talking about the hideous fish hideous fish analogy with the you know is there can they ever see the light again and i think that 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 is is awesome i had not seen that parallel well i mean that is beautiful what you just said about her something you're developing and twisting into this individual that she's in now that's thriving in the dark Mm -hmm. that's exactly what red talked about with survival you become hideous yep and I think that she, regardless on who she was or who she is, it really doesn't matter. She's lived a very difficult life with people trying to kill her for years. I mean, that's, she has become the villain in her story. She, I mean, it, and it also parallel to Red. He said at the beginning, you know, everything about him is a lie. I don't think that people were trying to kill her for a long time. I think, because think about it. There she is. Maybe not consistently, but apparently Dom and Ilya took a swing at her years before. Yeah, well, in Belgrade, they tried to blow her up. And probably afterwards, she was the face of Katerina Rostova that everybody wanted to blow up or kill. But 
there is something about the fact that she never chose a plastic surgeon. Very simple. Change your face. You know, obviously she went with blonde hair or she was always a blonde hair and she dyed it red for the Katerina Rostova identity. But she could have just simply gone to a plastic surgeon and lived a far more quiet life. But she didn't, which tells me that at some point she was able to convince them that she was not the Katerina Rostova they were looking for. And that's why she's been living in Paris with her face um, openly. And, you know, she may have been chased by something or another, but I don't think that it was as for that. I, I looked, I separated the scenes that she has when she's with her people and the scenes that with Red and, and Liz and, and Ilya. And all those theatrics, this crazy screaming and the crying and the that's theatrics she's doing that for them she's convincing them that she's being haunted and that's part of that chess game but yeah. when she talks to the people she's she even tells red something youth uh, um, when she has him um she's exsanguinating him she says you thought i was the prey and no to Ilya. i'm sorry you thought i was a prey and not the predator and and that tells me that she's she hasn't been prey for a long time. She's became a predator. She bought into the bounty and she's probably working with Townsend in order to get that archive. Because there is no way, I mean, how stupid that Townsend has to be to pay a, a bounty without seeing a head or a whole body dead. I mean, yep. would you? I, Do you want to know my running theory right now? Mm -hmm. Go right rabbit holes. <laughs> Okay. How Let's to see. make Tessa stay? Rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's where I live. Oh, my running theory, especially from that scene when she's talking about the Sikorsky archives. Um, so what the the information she gave us about it was that it was a blackmail file that with compromising information on powerful people. I mean, fulcrum anybody? I mean, <laughs> um, and the way it, red described the fulcrum. And that blonde cat was accused of stealing of it, stealing it, and that Red knows who did steal it, and she wants him to tell her. I think that the entire play with Liz is to bring her over to her side. One to have, I mean, she there's that comment there at the end. She says uh, he can't defend against that. I think she is fully using Liz as a weapon to manipulate and to get to Red. If it kills him, it kills him. She can't have him dying. She saved his life not because she wants him to live. She doesn't want him to die before getting her answer. Yeah. That's and she needs key. him alive so that also manipulates Liz by saying, see, I'm the good one here. Exactly. I saved him. But I believe that the person who really stole this archive is the real cat, is yeah. Liz's mother, is Lottie's cat. And Tom's daughter. Yeah, exactly. And that is who she's after. She's trying to drive her out of the shadows by yeah. going after Liz, by going after Red, anybody that she might care about. That's who. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if those bones, because we, we really don't know. We had Tom run all the, you know, through the back channels to run the, the, um, the DNA. DNA. But... That was all out of his 
purview. He didn't see it happening. It got to him long after. We didn't after. even see it happening. No, we exactly. know it was about a tooth. And so he got that and relied on it, which, Tom, sweetie, have you not seen enough DNA <laughs> manipulation? Um, but relied on that, and he thought, we don't know what he saw there. No clue, because they didn't give that away. All we know is what and then saw. months later, after the bones had been well out of everybody's, I mean, obviously Tom died after that, and then the they got sent off to, I think, Cuba? No, not Cuba. Um, Costa Rica? I, I, they got sent off. To Costa Rica, and then appear magically in, in, uh, in, in um, Jennifer's hands. I was going to say, and Jennifer had a hold of him. I think... That it was a fake test that Red set up to make it look like those bones were Katarina Restover to, yes. to cover up and say, nope, she's dead. You can't hurt her. She's already gone. Sorry, sucks to be you. Yeah. But Jennifer, when she sees that, goes, this isn't useful, but this is. And yeah. this is how we get Liz on our side. Yeah. And, and so I think that the body cat is still alive. She has that blackmail file. And the blonde cat is trying to unearth her. And that's going to be season eight. And it's, <laughs> is that going to be Liz versus Red? It's going to be Katarina versus Katarina. Yeah. And, and, the, and if you think about it, that's what I've been saying for as long as I've been saying it. Um, that if you think about what Red said, he said that Katarina was a secret keeper. And the secrets that she took with her could compromise a number of very powerful people in that map that he had. So we're going back to the Cabal. We're going back to Olvan. And definitely what, what, what this woman is doing is exactly what Jennifer did. Using Liz against Red. Because Liz is gullible. Liz wants a, a biological connection. And she will clamp onto anybody who gives them the magic of that biological connection. And this is Kirk all over again. That's, I, I think that's one thing that really bothered me. I've, I've had friends say, oh, they want this to be the real cat so that Liz can have a win. And that's, it was one of my complaints about redemption, is you never want your lead to constantly be on the losing end. You, you need to give them some wins. Liz is better at getting wins in this than Tom ever was in redemption. Granted, she's had more time than Tom did in mm -hmm. Redemption, but I really, I would have preferred, I, I don't mind Dark Liz. I don't mind Liz being against Red. Mm -hmm. My issue here, and, and I'm of two minds about it, because I understand that this could be a Redemption arc of a sort where she's scraping rock bottom with this and that she'll start her upward trajectory in season eight. I understand that from a writing level, but from a character level, another point of view that I have on it is she, she had that wonderful line in season four where she told Kirk, Kirk was trying to make her choose between him and red. It's there's always been this, you know, mm. red versus this person. And she said, I chose myself. And it was such a beautiful line. It's one that I've always held on to with Liz. And I would have much preferred at the end of this, as a Liz fan, to have seen her manipulating the board herself. That, Like, like what the imam was talking about, this wasn't about him or Red. 
I would like her to have that understanding. This is not about Blonde Cat or Red. It's about her and who she is going to choose. And yet we saw Blonde Cat manipulate her into this and she fell into it again. And that that kind of bothers me. It's I, I'm willing to give it time and see where they take it. I know that they've got a reason they're doing it, but from a from a I'm a big Liz fan, and that really does bother That's me. what she said at the at the beginning. I've been losing pieces of my soul, a kind piece there, a good piece there. And by the time she's left, there is nothing good. And this resonates exactly with what Red had been saying about being an angry person. Uh, I should have raised you myself. What he told Tom is like, you cannot, you don't have the ability to do revenges because you're a parent. Parents have to retain a part of their soul. And Ren had said I had a very similar one. He says I've, I've taken a very a very violent life, and every time that I kill someone, a part of me dies with them. What Liz have done is not by killing people, but by having people that she loved being killed. I will say that I mean, in heaven knows anybody that's listening to us for any length of time knows how upset I was that they killed Tom. I will say that he would not be capable of being here and Liz going this dark. He was her anchor. He was, they, they kept each other as dark as they both could get. And both of them had the capability of going really dark and scary. I mean, gotta love mm-hmm. Tom's That's a nice tattoo from season one <laughs> for yeah, scraping it I'm off the guy's this, neck. This that I'm doing is for my little girl. So yeah. here I am. I you have you're my baby a girl. drill into your stomach. Exactly. I really talk about it. And so, I mean, Tom, both both the Keens have have had, depending on your point of view, the capability of going incredibly dark. But together, that was one of the things that worked so well for them. Is together they had this this way of bringing each other back towards the light. Mm-hmm. And I think in the end. What I'm seeing right now is Liz had this idea of a family walking in the park. That was her dream. That was what she wanted. And that's been stolen away from her. And that's part of those kind parts that are being taken. If Tom had still been in the scene, and I I think there's, because I truly believe that there's a good chance Tom's alive. I think if Redemption had hit it off, something would have happened in Redemption that he would have had to have gone dark for Liz that he would have basically faked his faked death. His we death. we would have known that Tom was alive because of redemption, but she wouldn't have. And that's where, I mean, because the question was always, well, how do you keep them together and keep that show on? And I think that that would have been it. Um, yeah. That Tom would have been over here following down something that was too dangerous to bring Liz into or something. Um, and they would have dealt with that over to the side, and they could have run the two shows parallel and then merged them together at the end. And I do think, and we'll talk about this more on next week's episode because we're going to do our, our theories, but I do think that he, him being gone has allowed, allowed Liz to go into this low. Plus, he would have said, you know, I think that, that Liz needs that boring which somebody tells her sweetie 
this woman is manipulating you. Can why can't you not see it? And and people say, well, she's a she's a profiler, but she's close. I mean, we've seen everybody make stupid up decisions when is when they're emotionally involved. And Liz, as most as most kids who have lost a parent or been felt abandoned have a I mean some of them don't some kids who are adopted and they have zero interest in their in their biological parents but a lot of them do and I think it has to do with seeing things in yourself that I'm not saying that you need somebody else to blame them on but you need to understand where they came from because you cannot process them otherwise. It's in a way of saying, well, I am like X because my mother or my father was like that, that Liz is seeing that she's not like the parents that she had known and she doesn't really know, she can get answers and she doesn't understand why Red uh, doesn't answer. And I have I have a theory, if you wanna go down my rabbit hole now. Um, there is, there's a very interesting point. Red comes and tells Liz, I have answers for you. I mean, if you don't if you don't want those answers, I'll just get on the car and go. And Liz says, no, you have to stay. And so it seems like Red came in wanting to tell Liz things. But at some point, he hit the brakes hard. And Demba kept saying, you have to tell her, you have to tell her the truth. And Red is like, I don't know how to do that. And I kept looking at it. Why does he seem to have started this wanting to tell her and then hit the brakes and change direction and not tell her? And I think that it comes when Sam is in the hospital. Sam, he, he says, you're, I understand your father is sick. The cancer came back. Why are you not with him? And and he kept asking this. He did it like two or three times during the episode. Why are you not there? I can get you there. I can fly you. Um, and Liz is like, I'm working. This is not a good time. And, you know, Tom gets, the, the son-in-law gets to Sam's bedside. Who, who Red thinks at the time is using her. Thinks yes. it's just an op. I yeah. don't think and, he realized and, at the time how deep it was. And Tom is like, sweetie, I talked with on June. He's more dangerous. He's in the hospital. They think they spread to his liver. And he's like, and Liz is like, this is not a good time. So, okay, well, you cannot go. I'll, I'll book you on another one for tomorrow, but I'm going now. I'm in the airport. And, you know, Tom arranged for the dog, somebody to babysit the dog, got the plane tickets, got her the plane tickets. And she's like, oh, no, excuse me, I'm just here working. Uh, and I think that Red got very concerned about Liz's handling of this, about her emotional connection to a man who had been Liz's father and her total obsession with a biological father who had basically abandoned her. Um, I mean, it, 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 let's say that it is Red. Yes, he may have been protecting her by doing that, but for all intents and purposes, abandoned her. And she is having her, the man who raised her in a hospital, 
And she's like, I don't care. I'm working. And I'll get there when I get there. Oh, you just call me. Um, I think that at that point, Red thought that if Liz is the biological daughter of this blonde cat, but the adoptive or the mother that she had was Dom's daughter, Katerina, I think Red is afraid that Liz that has abandonment issues, that hate the parents who abandoned her, if she discovers that the parent who abandoned her, the mother who abandoned her, was not her biological mother, if she was capable of sending Red to the, after having a relationship with him for six years, sending him to the death chamber, what would she do to the mother that is not even, that she never even thought was her biological mother? I think that's when Red hit the brakes saying this girl has a serious attachment issue and an obsession with biological parents. I cannot tell her, this is your mother that raised you, but it's not your real, your biological mother. And the one who's your biological mother is this monster who will use you. So I think that at that point is when Red said, I'm not telling her. I can't risk the woman who took her in as an act of love and loved her and is protecting her by keeping away from her because I cannot explain it. You know, you've had the blonde cat as the bio mom and Lottie cat is the adoptive mom for a while mm -hmm. now. And I think that's actually the most compelling argument I have heard from you on it. Um, I, I could see that it's, and that, that also would help m make all of that makes sense. Um, I like it. I'm not 100% sold on it, but I do really like it. If they went that direction, I part of my issue with it has been how complicated that would be, and I think you might lose some of the audience with it. But if, if spelled out in that way, and if they could find a way to lay that out on the table... That would make a whole lot of sense. I still, I mean, you and I have talked about it, that, that that whole hyper focus on work that Liz has, has still. Um, but it was, it was very much in the foreground of season one with family versus work. They, they set it up in the pilot when, when Liz and Tom are talking when she's about to go and when she gets picked up by wrestler saying, you know, I told you my, our, our family is the most important thing to me. This job won't get in, in the way, this and that. I think Tom was going to tell her the truth about who he was. Right, as soon as he found out that she had found his, his yeah. go box, I think he was going to tell her and go ahead and fess up and be like, all right, you found this. Let me talk to you. But as soon as he called her looking into that hole, she brushed him off because she thought he was calling about an ultrasound, which should have been so freaking important to her. And she knew was important to him. And she keeps brushing him off, not answering, not answering. And when she does finally answer saying, I'll talk to you later about, yeah. I can't talk to you about this now. How many times did we see Tom scraping food into the trash? You know, he and was laying the table. He was making things pretty. He was... I mean, he really loved her. There was there was so much that the reason why he killed Jolene in such a harsh way was because Jolene had seen that he cared. And that is something that he could not afford her telling Berlin. 
she came to his home. And that was the statement that he made in season one. You mm-hmm. shouldn't have come to my home. And that... Shouldn't have talked to my wife. Exactly. And that, oh yeah. Like, people get so upset over Jolie. I'm like, one, she was not an innocent. <laughs> like, you can get upset over the Harbor Master. I get that. I totally understand why Tom did it. But that that was an innocent that died. Jolene Parker absolutely was not. I don't even think the Harbor Master was, in a, was an innocent. Why on earth was he there with a gun without filing an official report? I, I bet don't... somebody paid him. Maybe. I mean, but we haven't seen any on-screen evidence for that yet. I mean, there, there's yeah. a possibility. Yeah, it may come around. Um, and if so... I got so many rabbit holes. <laughs> and if so, you'll hear me go, yay, Tessa called it. <laughs> but as of right now, like, I, I understand when you compare the two, you're like, oh, Tom killed the Harbor Master. I understand why you can be upset over that. Jolene Parker, though, to protect his... Not just his cover, but his cover, the fact that he loves his wife. He actually does love his wife. And, and that's why he, he killed her. He even told the 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 tattoo guy, uh, you know, the guy that I work for is far more dangerous. Yeah. More ruthless, and, more dangerous, more determined. And Reddington, while, while he didn't trust Reddington, he also knew that as far as he knew, Reddington wasn't an immediate threat to Liz. He wasn't going to what he wasn't going to ask a friend to go stab Liz like he did mm. for Tom. <laughs> um, but Berlin, Liz was a means to the end. As soon as she wasn't useful anymore, Liz was on that that kill list for fake Berlin to go after. And mm. I think Tom was doing his best to position himself in season one. To protect her on that. That's that's a whole trail. Sorry. Yeah, that's stuff. another rabbit hole of mine. That was fake Berlin actually working for Berlin? Because I have another rabbit hole in there. Huh. Well, we'll have to have a, ra- a full rabbit hole yeah. episode over. I that feel would like be, that would be, will be the, na- the great name, the rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's a very interesting thing that is that they're doing with Liz, and I have a feeling. I have, I, I am. Fairly certain that I'm that I'm right about that. That that is the problem is that Red cannot tell her Liz because he's afraid what Liz will do. And once you receive what she did to Red, I mean she had a relationship to Red. She had seen Red exchange his life for hers many times, and she had no problem sending him to the death chamber. Yeah. He was the one that made sure her little girl was taken care of after Tom died and she was in a coma for 10 months that took care of her medical that was sitting there, was just sitting there reading a book when she woke up. Mm-hmm. And so it just and, and I've thought about this a lot during all of this because I have a lot of issues with Red. I understand that Liz has a lot of issues with Red. He has he has trouble with boundaries. He does terrible things that really bother her. Like Kaplan, she was very upset over. And and we got that again with, you know, Tom died, Mr. Kaplan died, I loved them. And so I understand her questions on that. But sometimes I do feel like she focuses on the negative of what he's done and the positive doesn't even weigh in especially when it comes up against people she thinks are biological connections when she yeah. thought Kirk was her father when she thought when she thinks Blonde Cat is her mother 
She was she, willing to take anything from them because she thought there were biological connections. Mm-hmm. And, I and mean, somehow that means truth to her, that they'll yeah. give her the truth. And i that's the part I don't understand. Uh, why is it after everything she's been through, I, I have a note in here that's, that talks about how Red, she knows well enough to know that he keeps things from her. She doesn't know Blonde Cat well enough to to know if she's giving her the whole truth or not. There's no way she knows those tells yet. And this woman's talented, so why is she not even questioning that? Because it is biological. The same way that when she thought that Kirk was her biological father, she forgot that he was about to jump from a roof in front of her with a little baby. You know, I mean, it's, it's really anybody interesting. Anybody does that to me, and I'm sorry. Done. I'll give you my blood. I'll give you something else instead. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's my what blood. said. He goes, this man stood on a roof and was ready to jump with our kid. And you want to do what? I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. It's I have answers. It's the same thing. I, mean, I don't know if you noticed. Um, when back in season one, Liz is saying to Red, um, when she's upset about, about Sam, she says at one point, yes, you take somebody I love from me. But what really upset her is he had something he wanted to tell me. That's what really got her upset. So there is there is this thing with Liz, and I think that there this may be something that happened as a result of the early childhood trauma, or that may have been who Liz was. I mean, maybe this is an bio a trait inherited from from blonde cat. But Liz is it seems obsessed unnaturally with biological links as if those are the true ones that's the real people that's my that's the truth so there's something interesting that just popped in um i've had a friend who has children i don't have children so i i don't have this but that has made the comment you know that that even if you don't like if the child's raised elsewhere, you would hope that there would be some sort of connection, some sort of unexplained like connection. Scotty said to, to and that's exactly Tom. it. And Scotty said the exact same thing at the end of Redemption to Tom. You know, she she trusted him. She he reminded her of her of her husband. You know, there were so many things, and now she knows why. I think that Liz can't feel that, and she wants to because and some people, especially people who have gone through such horrifying trauma like Liz did as a kid there's an emotional disconnect there and I think that Liz wants desperately to feel that and so every time she doesn't and someone says I'm your bio parent she goes I don't feel this but I should so I do and throws herself 500% into pretending and basically lying to herself that she does feel it it's the lady doth protest too much sort of syndrome that she's mm-hmm. jumping in all the way to make herself feel that. But it's, it's also that I need an answer. Like the answer is going to come from biology and not from what she knows. And and I think that the problem with Liz is that Liz has, from the fact that they manipulated her memories and basically tampered down all that trauma instead of looking at it. She she never had the the ability to process what happened. And there is there is this horrifying thing 
that I did something bad. And I think what happened to her when she remembered that she shot her father is she has this conflicting emotions on her. On one side, she feels terrible because she knows it was her taking a gun and shooting that basically put an end to everything that was good in her life. Uh, her, you know, she, she thinks she killed her father. She thinks that her mother had to go away. So she feels that guilt. And at the same time, with the guilt, she feels the anger. You abandoned me. Um, I, you know what she told Cooper? When I thought he was my father... I thought that he had abandoned me. And it's, I, it's the same thing that Jennifer had. It's like, you, it doesn't matter to abandon to protect him. And it's like they cannot hear that abandoning was the only thing that they could do to protect them. It was, you abandoned me. I grew up abandoned. I And, and I want to punish you. And at the same time, for Liz, it's even more complicated because you abandoned me and it was all my fault. So yeah. those... Those emotions are so, um, so this devastating for her psyche that the only way that she can deal with them is by basically finding something outside of her that can give her a center. That's a biological parent. So she focuses on that like that's the only thing that matters. Well, I think also to add on to that, she doesn't feel like she can trust her own memories. She doesn't feel like she can trust her own gut. You know, when it comes to the job, sure, she can trust her instincts. But when it comes to her past, there's so many missing gaps in there. She doesn't know how to trust that. And the second memory that she was told, somebody, you found something about him. And we still don't know. Who did it? If it was done, who did it and who was taken away? So mm-hmm. her her whole psyche has been messed up and she's never processed it. So, but I think that, that that makes sense with what the fear that Red has is and why can he tell her? And he would rather that he she thinks that she killed her mother than to put in danger the woman who took her in when she didn't have to in order to, and then gave her away, not because she wasn't wanted, but because it was the only way to protect the daughter of Katerina Rostova. I think that's really fascinating. Like I said, I that that's probably the most compelling way I've heard you put that, that actually has me leaning towards it. It's I like it. Yeah, I think it makes sense from the character perspective, mm-hmm. and you have to have a, a sense for the character to go somewhere in order to get there. And then it answers the question of why is Red not telling her? Why would he let her believe these things? It is because he, what he's protecting is the woman who who took her in. Yeah. So I think that it just makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and there is so much, so much of this woman that is like, I mean, she's so deliciously evil. I, I love I love the things that that she's doing. Um, how about the way that she continues to let Liz believes that um, she doesn't that she that Liz is so so blinded that she said he meant one uh, a lot to me. But before they met, 
the previous time they met, she said that I don't know who Red is, so I'm going to find out. Now it's somebody who meant something to her before. And Liz is not saying, like, wait a minute. I think that she's... I, I think that Blonde Cat got a, you know, a, a finger on the pulse very quickly for how to manipulate Liz. And if she's a former spy, that makes sense. That she'd be able to read people that way and no tells. And I think that she has got Liz's number and that she's pushing every button that she needs to. So, and this is part of the problem that I have that I'm frustrated with that I understand why they're doing it, I guess. I, I can see why, you know, they would do it, but it just, I just good heavens, give Liz a win. Um, but she went from a marionette run by, supposedly, she said it was, you know, a psychopath with a, or a sociopath with holding the strings. Mm-hmm. You assume she was talking about Red, but Blonde Cat is very much a sociopath holding the strings now. That Liz is not choosing herself, which I think in the end, no matter what happens, if Red is her biological father, if Tom's alive, if she gets her walk in the park or not, in the end, she is going to need to choose herself. It does, it should not matter who's standing on either side. And mm-hmm. I, I think that goes back to the Imam's conversation that it's it's not necessarily about the people there. It's about the decision being made. And I, I, there seemed to be something very deep in the mythology and where we're heading with that conversation in the car. And I think in the end, if she, you know, if this is not going to have a tragic ending, if, if Liz comes out of it, if she's going to have that dream of her, she's going to have to be able to pull herself out of this situation and realize that she chooses who she is. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, that, that has to be her story. She Mm -hmm. has to find herself not in who her parents were because biology, biology may always win, but, that does not mean that you need to find who your parents are in order to see. You have yourself. You can look in your mirror. You can see who you are. You don't need to find your parents. And even if you were abandoned, at some point you can say, my, the measure of my value is myself. Plus, yeah. she has Agnes. She's, she cannot. And, and I think that this is so focused on the past that she is not really being there for Agnes. Well, I mean, that's we've seen that time and again over the years. I mean, Agnes is a great way to focus on it, but I just remember when they were standing there at looking into Kirk's window in season 4. And Tom said, you know, he may have answers to who you were, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't that doesn't reflect on who you are and who you will mm-hmm. be. And, not you know, that Tom listened to his own advice, because no, soon after he not. was stuck in. <laughs> of course not. But, you know... It's, it's abandoned children. I mean, yeah. that's a problem that happens when you have... And it's the same thing with Jennifer. It's the same thing with Tom. Um, it, it's the same... It, in a way, it What's is... What's the line Red said in season three? The, the children who the world break... Oh, it was a beautiful line. What was yeah. it? Um, the child... Hold on, I'll give it to you. 
Yeah, it was such a great line. Uh, it's the children whom the world breaks who grow up to save it. Yeah, that's it. And and when, you know, when he said that, she said, I don't want that for Agnes. And he wasn't talking about Agnes. He was talking about her. Mm-hmm. And I think an extension about her, about Tom, about the task force, in a way, mm-hmm. wrestler with his father and his family, maybe a ROM, depending on what's going on. We certainly saw it with Samara when she was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with Park, the little we yeah. know about her, with her mother. And so, I mean, that has been a continual theme. And I think to give Agnes that fighting chance, Liz is going to have to come to terms. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's her story. And and I think that, that Agnes is, is already a step up from Liz because Agnes at least went to live, it was living with Red, he was living with her, which is effectively a grandfather, whether you believe he's biological or not, and then went to Scotty. So at least she was with relatives. But yeah. Liz, I mean, the Liz was left with this bachelor who was a con man, who was probably the least prepared person in the world to deal with a child. It's he like, certainly said he was. Yeah, he was like, and he, it was never... When you analyze the lines, I mean, especially in in uh, in Rasford, he's saying like, "When are you coming back?" I mean, he never expected that he was going to be doing this forever and ever. He was like, "Okay, I'll take her in as for us till she comes back." And then he's like, "Where are you coming back? What what's going on in here?" Um, uh, the the interesting thing with Liz is that. I mean, this is really the lowest point that she has ever been, because she saw she saw Red telling her, "I'm going to give you the, you know, not just my the money, but my empire." And Liz is seeing is aligning herself with with who she thinks is a biological mother against a man who had been there, uh, true, not giving her answers, but who is now sick and. Instead of being angry, she's aligning herself with the one that she perceives as being the strongest. And I do wonder, because they, they brought up the the bleeding out that Katarina gave him mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. I do wonder, we've talked about that you said that you think that his his illness may come from the poisoning, which does make sense. I wonder if it was exasperated by the beginning mm-hmm. of season seven with that whole ordeal. Yeah. Well, and it so had to that, have what, Yeah, if that's what catapulted him into the situation he's in now. Because obviously it's, you know, it's, it's sped everything up. And he was more or less fine through season. I mean, he was looking and he was talking to doctors and searching out. There were signs of stuff mm-hmm. coming. But... I think it was season seven. Yeah, now he has started to faint. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously sick the last several episodes. I mean, very clearly, very obviously. And James being James, he's doing a great job with it. (laughs) It Makes you worried. (laughs) It's a a concerning thing uh, about, about Liz that she's choosing what she's choosing in that moment. 
and well, and that I mean, and it's the same that, thing as what you said earlier about Sam. That Tom was sitting there going, "I've talked to June. I, you know, you've got to get there. You've got to get there. Your father is sick." Right now, she's seeing it with her own eyes, and she's still and making the same the attitude. Hey, it's not my father. I don't know who he is, so I don't well, really I care. Don't, I don't think that's really what she's at least consciously thinking. It's just yeah. something is more important to yeah. her. It's not it's that she doesn't care. It's a biological parent, again, is more important than the person who acted, as a, who has been acting as a father, as a parent to her. Um, and it's a, um, it's, it's a very uh, dark thing that she has. And it makes me feel that, you know, Red, um, it goes back. When children disappoint, it's like a, the unicorn stab you, being stabbed by a unicorn that Brimley said. It was a, it was a brilliant thing. And I wonder what's going to happen with Agnes, because if you think about it, Agnes has it on all sides. Oh, yeah. There is not a normal side in that girl. Poor kid. Oh, um, So there's something that before we close out, I definitely want to just, you know, mention the whole conversation that she had that started with Dom and then turned into the monologue as she climbed the stairs to the rooftop. That was she, chilling. Oh, it was. It was so well done. And she said, um, it, the first point was, because up until that point, I, I thought that she might still be playing cat, but there's no, or blonde cat, but there's, there's no reason that she would have told a man in a coma that. Unless she meant it. She was having that conversation with herself. She was working mm-hmm. it out. But uh, anybody that that's in Blonde Cat's way is in Liz's way. That was yeah. such a dangerous thing. And she's sort of taking on that before she was nervous about innocent people getting caught in the crossfire. But now she's... It's it's a switch over. You saw the switch flip between the first of the episode and the end of the episode where Dom's off limits. He's your father. He did this. He did that. You know, and then at the end of it. Yeah. She's I'm saying anybody. And, yeah. And if you're standing my way, you're in. If you stand in her way, you're standing in mine. And the funny and, thing is. What she wants is the truth. Yeah. And. She was talking about when she was doing that fantastic monologue. She said, you know, um, I was afraid of the darkness. Uh, I was telling you about earlier. I always, I've always feared it. Even ever since Reddington entered my life, I've worried that this darkness might somehow overtake me. That it might just swallow me whole. I thought it was very interesting imagery because we've mm-hmm. seen her talk about that over the years. The ones that came to mind immediately were season one. Mm-hmm. Her and Red and Gina Santacos, she said she felt like she was drowning. Um, the conversation two, she says it might swallow me whole, and then exactly with yeah. Tom, and then now she's embracing it, and it just it, it was just chilling is a great word for it. it. Really was, and I was curious though if maybe somewhere between leaving Dom's side and climbing those stairs, if she stopped talking to Dom. And it was almost like, because she said, you, me, and Reddington, I'm at peace with that. I wonder if she was talking to Dom or if in a way she was talking to Blonde Cat. That however it falls, she 
she's she's gonna burn the world for her answers. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I kind of almost hope that's the case because then that gives it a little more to her choosing herself versus just being another marionette for someone else. Um, but that may just be me putting my wants onto that that whole scene. Mm-hmm. I, Only time will tell. I mean, at this point, I felt that she was just saying, um. You know, I'm on my the t- my mom's team, and I'm gonna get to the truth. And and that's the one thing to know is that she's on her mom's team because she thinks that's the truth. The moment that her mother doesn't give her the truth she wants, the mother will be thrown under the bus, like Red, like Domus, like anybody. Yeah, there is nothing left of. There is very little left of of Liz of humanity in Liz. It's is. That quest for the truth have been, um, very um, destructive, and it reminds me of when Red says, "I can lead you to the truth, but I cannot make you believe it." And in a way, she's going to go where she's going to go because Liz has never believed things that she cannot see. And and Red said she's going into a dark place. So Red knew fully well that Liz was going to choose her mother and was going to go into a very dark thing of which she does not expect to survive. Yeah. And he even said, I don't know who's, who's on my side and who wants to cut my throat. And that, that's so sad for me that he, I mean, to be fair, she did stick a pen in his artery, but that was early on. Um, <laughs> it was early on that, that relationship. <laughs> but... Not much a change. Yeah, I mean, but and she's saying, is she saving? Did she went and save Red because she cared for him, or was it because she had answers? I mean, at this point, it seems like it almost makes me wonder. And and I think that if I were a writer, that's exactly where I would take Liz to choose between Agnes and the truth. And yeah. I don't know where she would choose because it has to go there. I mean, if you think about it, that's where it's going. Well, I mean, that that's what Red said at the beginning of the episode when they're standing in the, the kitchen together right before he passes out. He says, you know, the, the blonde cat is a danger, and he lists both of them. He lists Agnes, Dom. I mean, it's him saying that. I, I just feel like Agnes is about to be in the crosshairs again in season eight. I, I felt that way, honestly, since since Blonde Cat became her nanny. It's it's just a very dangerous sort of situation there. You think that if forced to choose, she would choose Agnes or the truth? I think it depends on where she's at in the story. I mean, I don't think she would blatantly let Agnes die. I don't think Liz has that in her, but... Abandon her for the I truth. I don't know. I don't... I mean... She, when Tom died, she didn't feel like she could be around her and handed her off to Scotty. Yeah, and that so I don't be, know. That, that happens a lot in grief. People just feel that they cannot process grief. Yeah. Um, that they cannot process, um, that they're, they're actually more, da- more damaging than good by being near a child. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen. Um, but this is, it just makes me feel that that's where we're going. It's going to be a, cho- a, 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 a crossroads yeah. Agnes and on her well-being on one side and the truth on the other and I have a fear that she's going to choose the truth and when she gets we'll the see. truth the truth is 
it's all about people you love. It's not about anything. We'll see. All right. Well, that's that's about what I've got. How about you? Yeah. Um, good too. So um, once we wrap this up, um, we're going to do a series of basically rabbit holes. Uh, our next one will be uh, what if Tom is alive? And, you know, you can talk to us about it. Uh, do you think that this could be or not? Why not? Why would it have happened like that? Um, if you like the idea or if you hate the idea. With reasons. Yeah, um, I know we've gotten one email in. Um, I don't know if we've gotten anything from your Reddit post or not. No. But, uh, you know, please feel free to send it in. We'd love to hear other people's ideas. They're, they're fascinating. Um and so, and like Tessa said, either way, you know, pro or, or con, either way. Um, but you can listen to us on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and on iTunes, and you can talk to us. And you can also send those ideas in uh, on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Facebook, and then Tessa's on Reddit. Yep. You can message me or or um, send me a PM. And yep. So until next week, it was a great season, and join us for a rabbit hole series. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.